you're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Berg, and I'm your host. Hello, welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is so good. It's with Damien from North Park uh, Films. He's a wedding videographer and uh, this episode is killer. You guys are going to love it. He talks a lot about branding and servicing your clients intentionally and really well and I just love everything he says. He's great. This is such a great episode to um, kind of go into the holiday season with. It's right around the corner. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve if you're listening to this when it comes out. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. The first part of this episode, um, the sound wasn't great, so there are some tidbits that might be a little bit harder, but it is just for the first like quarter or fifth of the interview. It does get better, so um, push through it because it's worth it. Okay, that's all. Thank you. Enjoy. So how are you? How's your year been? How, How are you doing? So this year has been a little weird in the sense yeah. that my year started on a very high note because I completely rebranded my old, you may not know this because I'm actually from, I actually came from Toronto. So I started in Toronto and that's where I started shooting weddings. And then um, I shot a bit of everything, but mainly I kind of branched and said, I want to do weddings. But my name at the time was Armstrong Productions, which is my last name. So they say, use your name. But my name I found was too bold for what I was doing. And my target audience is brides, right? So I'm just like, even the color scheme I had was very bold. And I'm just like, eh, you know, if I was a bride, this would not be something I would like catch my attention right away. Yeah. So there was like this disconnection between my brand and then my work. So I'm like a very strong advocate, advocate for like, like just about branding and you know, bringing your own personal touch to it and it like being all seamless and everything matching. And that's kind of my biggest thing. The biggest thing I learned in 2020 was how to find your, I guess, uh, how to seek, how to identify your ideal client and then how to go about attracting them. Mm-hmm. And I've, it's gotten to the point where like, I've been able to attract my client right down to the dog they own. Like <laughs> that's kind of like how it's been. Like I noticed two of my brides have the exact same dog and like, <laughs> it's like weird, man. So sorry to answer your question. That's good. Though. It's working. Yeah. So 2020, I rebranded. I just came in with a different approach. I rebranded as uh, North Park Films. And uh, that's pretty much what it's been for this year. COVID happened. Um, It was a bit of a setback. It really was. I mean, like everyone else this year, I lost weddings. Uh, I know a lot of people, a lot lot of rescheduled weddings, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's uh, kind of put a damper, but you just kind of have to rethink, re-envision business and just how you want to navigate everything, right? So Mm -hmm. that's pretty much what I did. Um, I started a podcast just like just like you did. Um, I started a podcast. It's called the Simple Wedding Podcast. Uh, it's literally just like me just trying to give back to my brides, um, just trying to give a bigger a bigger and better experience to brides when they like when they come on come on board with me as as a client or to the family type thing, and just 
trying to help brides, especially with everything that's going on. Um, I just want to, if I could make the the wedding planning process a little bit easier and a little less stressful, that that was pretty much my whole thing with the podcast. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much where I'm at. Not not too much happened in 2020 because yeah. of COVID, but yeah. I love that. And I like your podcast a lot because the wedding planning podcasts that are out there that I've tried listening to, I have to say, I really struggle with them. And yours is so much more laid back and so much more realistic. And I've just enjoyed the episodes that you've put out so far. I haven't listened to every episode, but I've listened to most of them because we share a bride and Emily. She told me like right away, she was like, you ha- he has a podcast too. You have to listen to it. So I was like, oh sure, I'll check it out. And then I think think even she suggested you being on this and I was like that's a good idea so thank you shout out to Emily (laughs) shout out to Emily shout out to Emily (laughs) yeah yeah no this year's been um a really weird one for the wedding industry I think okay so you've been in the videography business wedding videography business for I think I read on your website 2014 you started so like six years Is that about right? Yeah. So talk a little bit about kind of your origin story and like how you came into this industry. So I started doing video since like 2010. And then I kind of dabbled in music videos. I dabbled in film. um, And then I dabbled in corporate. I used to work at Bell doing videos for them. Um, But I I absolutely hated doing corporate. Um, It just didn't feel like it was meant for me. I feel deep down in my core, I'm more, I have like more of a, like I'm a creative. So I just like, I didn't enjoy doing corporate and then everything else just didn't feel like it was quite me. And then 2013, um, my sister got married and it's funny because I always told myself that, you know what, I'm just never going to shoot weddings. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> and then 2013, my sister got married and this was me after college. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life yet or what I wanted to do in video and I shot my sister's wedding and I saw the potential of shooting weddings, just uh, being there as a guest, just watching your your older sister get married. And then also just being there from a video standpoint, like seeing the potential, just everything creatively. Um, I just went through a lot of emotions that day and I, I just felt like it was something I really enjoyed doing. And I was just happy that I was able to document something like that and be able to give my sister something like that that she could just watch over and over again so from there i picked up a couple more weddings things kind of snowballed and uh, i just kept going with it and 2013 that was 2013 14 15 16 2015 i made my brand armstrong productions um, and then i made a website all that fun stuff made it official and then 2016 17 is when i started picking up more weddings and then 2018 same thing 2019 I rebranded as North Park Films and here we are yeah nice and um yeah so you said you didn't want to do weddings before but you were drawn to it I relate to that for sure because I always wanted to do architecture commercial and then kind of as I started I was like third shooting and like assisting at weddings big weddings 
And I kind of saw that side and I was like, this is the happiest day of these people's lives. Like, this is so cool. This is so exciting. When you go into an architectural shoot job, there is barely any human contact. You have a shot list that you have to deliver. You know, you have to do it efficiently because they're only going to pay you what they're going to pay you. So you better get it done fast. So you're making money and not losing money. And I was like, wow, this is so much more creative and so much more fun. Um, So it's kind of funny that you also didn't initially think you'd be in weddings. You know what I saw with weddings is that to me, I always think about this. This is kind of my mindset. Every time I go into a wedding, I always think of it as if I'm about to go shoot the Super Bowl. Because at the end of the day, every couple, and this is what I enjoyed about weddings, is that you never, you're never going to meet the same couple with the same story. It's always going to be different how they became you know, how they got to this point is always going to be different. So that's what keeps it interesting. Yes, weddings, you know, a lot, a lot of standard like um, weddings will follow kind of the same, you know, get ready, ceremony, reception, that kind of thing. But it's everything in between, like just getting to know the couple and just seeing like how they came to be. To me, that's what always kept it interesting. And I always felt like that. That's what that's what kept me going. That's what's kept me going. And that's, that's kind of what I focus on when it comes to my business, just when I'm thinking about weddings. So you also said that when you first started, it kind of came from referrals after your sister's wedding. Was there anything in that time growing your business initially that you did to help gain momentum? Um, so one thing I tried doing in the beginning was I tried I tried, I tried, um, there's some photographers that I came, one photographer I came into contact with and she referred me, but it was more on the basis of a referral fee. So I, she would refer me and then I would pay her a certain amount of money to refer me. And with this podcast, I'm speaking to like business owners, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you're a wedding professional and I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm just going to be super, super honest and I'll tell and I'll speak from my experiences and I'll try to help. If I could help anyone, save anyone from doing the wrong step, I will. Um, so long story short, I had a photographer who referred me. And one thing I would say to any potential business owner out there or anyone who's interested when they're trying to think about, you know, should I do this for free or should I, you know, do it for less income. You have to pick and choose who you're going to work for free for and who you're going to take chances with. In this instance, I took a chance on a photographer that I thought uh, would refer, refer me. The thing with her, and if I looked into this, I would have noticed this is that she wasn't an actively working photographer. Like she would get some weddings and you also have to look at the type of weddings that person is getting or the type of gigs that person's getting. Are those the type of clients that you want to be in front of? Are those the type of weddings you want? I have a wedding planner in um, Toronto who loves, like loves shooting, loves me shooting her weddings, like the weddings that she books. The reason why I don't like shooting the weddings that she books is because most of the weddings that she books in Toronto, they're not, they're not in Ottawa. So uh, that clientele I'll never reach over here. So that's why I kind of pick and choose whether I'm going to do those weddings or not. And that's why I kind of, okay, where am I going? I kind of drifted a little bit. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> that's okay. sorry, I'll, I'll go back for a second. The what? So sorry. The first photographer I was talking about, essentially um, she would charge me a referral fee and so by the end of the year, I think I did like four weddings for her. And then I owed her like $900. Mm. 
So to me, I would say if you're going to, if you're going to do work either for free or like for exposure, that kind of thing, try to pick someone that you already look up to someone that you think um, is booking the type of clients that you want. Um, if you don't go about that the right way, it might turn you off altogether from wanting to be in the industry um, because you'll end up doing a lot of things for free and never feeling like you're getting to the point where you need to be. So don't work hard, work smart. So try to put yourself in front of, if you want to collaborate with vendors, try to put yourself in front of vendors work that you actually like and people that you would actually be interested in working with. Yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. And to say what I did, um, honestly, a lot of what I did was trial and error. I'm still trying to figure out the formula of, of what to do. And honestly, six years later, I would say the best thing that I would focus on is focus on client relationships. Because if I had to say the transforming point for me and my business has been focusing on clients and not so much about advertising. I don't, at this point in my career, I don't advertise at all. What I done to get myself where I wanted to get is I spend a lot of time focusing on SEO. So that's search engine optimization. So there are little things you can do for your business to make sure that it's easy to find you on Google. And that is a whole world. I can't teach you all about <laughs> SEO in one podcast episode, but um, SEO is really super, super important. And just understanding Google algorithms and all that stuff. Um, right now, I think in Ottawa, I'm not, I'm not even that relevant in Ottawa right now. Like my domain rank is not that high. The only thing that's gotten me on page one essentially is that I have a lot of reviews. So like I said, I focused on client relationships and just trying to make an impression on them, trying to give them an experience, trying to make sure I take care of them, that kind of thing. With that said, I have 30 reviews and then I think the other wedding videographers below me have 12 and then they have, someone else has five. So there's wedding videography companies that are way above me, um, have been here longer than me. Their domain rank is higher than mine, much higher than mine, but they just, they, for whatever reason, I can't say why, um, they don't have the, like the amount of reviews I have. So that's pretty much what I focused on is just making sure that I focus on giving as much back to my clients as I can so that they want to talk about you. They want to write reviews about you. They want to refer you to their friends. I mean, if it wasn't for the bride that I booked, if I didn't book Emily and Emily didn't talk about me, I might not be on this podcast right now. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so client referral, if I had to say the best to answer your question and all, the best way of going about it, guys, is referrals and making sure you make an impression and the right impression on people. And then as far as doing things for free or doing things at a lower cost, trying to get yourself out there, try to pick and choose who you decide to work with. Make sure you do your research on them and make sure they are where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I talked about a bit about that with Jackie last season, just that like, if you're exactly, if you're picking and finding the right people working for free can be so insanely beneficial, but yeah, I agree that it does have to be intentional and well thought out because working for free for anyone and everyone is not going to, it's just going to drain you out and burn you out. But yeah, um, I love that. I think 
that's so important because as a beginner in my industry, when I first got out of school, they didn't really talk about that. And I don't think I did that really at all. And now that I've started doing that more, I see just how beneficial it is to like, you know, treat your clients like insanely well. That's all they want. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Think of yourself getting engaged and reaching out to people. You want them to respond right away and to be just as excited as you are. So I like that. That's good. I think that's good advice for sure. The first person to answer the email will most likely get the, get the booking. I know. That yeah, is it's true. I used, I used to be so bad at emails and I had one client. She was, she's one of the few clients I have that is corporate wise, like uh, I guess in the corporate field. And she said, Oh my gosh, you're so bad. Like you, you're so late on emails. And I wouldn't even be that late on the email. Like I would respond within 24 hours, but yeah. like, when people are planning their weddings and they have so much going on, they want things to just happen. They want to just book their vendors. They want to just like get from stage one to stage two quickly. Right. So sometimes yeah. the deciding factor might just be how quickly you respond. And if you're attentive when you respond and if you're giving the information that they want quickly and if it's easy to book you, mm-hmm. um, and that's what, and that's another thing I invested in was cl- a client management software. Yeah. Uh, I made sure. Yeah, I am. Do you have a client management software like a CRM? Yeah, yeah, I use Dubsado. You use Dubsado? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I haven't done Dubsado. I have a friend who does Dubsado. I have um, HoneyBooks. Yeah. So it's kind of a client management software is essentially like a portal where you can just like have, you could have templated emails if you wanted to. Um, if you write like one email and you find you're writing the same email and over and over again, then you can have templated emails that you can send like quickly, stuff like that. You can have your stuff presented like um, in a brochure. So it looks presentable. It's reflective of your brand. That whole experience you give a client is a reflective of your brand and how you run your business. So um, it goes from you looking like a Honda to looking like a Lamborghini. So that's, that's pretty much you. That's every single thing I've done um, in 2020 or 2019 late 2019 2020 has been literally just all about my brides and that's Mm -hmm. that's all I care about is giving them an experience and so if you don't get anything from anything I said today just focus on your client make sure you give them an experience uh that feels like Gucci that feels like Prada that feels like Mm -hmm. what's the word I'm looking for that feels that feels expensive but not (laughs) maybe not expensive and that's not the word but um yeah bougie there we go. Maybe <laughs> not bougie. I don't want to say like I'm like bougie because I mean, you just want to make your client feel special and you want to yeah. make them feel like your brand is for them. They need to see yeah. themselves in your brand. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I was actually giving some marketing advice to my little baby sister who's doing marketing now. And that was one of my advice was I looked at the photos they took of this product and I was like, no one's really using this product in an everyday situation in these pictures. So I'm like, oh, that's a great photo, but like, what am I going to do with this product? Like I need to see people using it, you know, in their morning time with breakfast or like whatever it is so that I'm like, oh, I get it. I could use it during the morning time or whatever. Um, So that is important. You have to see yourself reflected to be interested enough to invest money, especially obviously wedding videography and photography and which weddings in general expensive people are investing a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so that's valuable for sure. Yeah. 
CRM. It also like CRMs are great for your clients because they help. Yeah. Like speed things up, ease the process. Yeah. You can automate workflows. So it's just really simple for them, but it also saves you time. I find mine saves me so much time and so much hassle with like keeping track of everything. I don't have to do it. It just is already, you know, being keep track, kept track of. <laughs> it's like having your own like little virtual personal assistant. Yes. Yeah. And it yeah. just, it makes life so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I am super happy when I got one. I was like worried it would take so long to set up and be so taxing. But now I'm just like, wow, that was such like a small fraction of my time compared to what I'm saving now. I have a random question for you because I think Mm -hmm. it would be valuable to your listeners. Is there any courses that you've taken that you found have helped you like conditioned your mind very well to think about, I guess, getting to that mindset where um, we were just talking all about it kind of just like, um, I don't know how to word this, but essentially like, are there any courses you think that you've taken that have, have gotten you to that point where you could sit there and like, look at a product or look at something and be able to, to tell someone how to market it, that kind of thing. Like, is there a course that you took that got you in that mindset? Um, yes and no. I think I've just always been interested in business. So every time I've done like photography workshops or anything like that, I've always paid more attention to the business stuff than the creative. I also think I love that stuff more, but I'm also not as naturally good at it. So I do want to pay more attention um, because I've done, yeah, like photography workshops online and in person and stuff like that. Uh, That for sure has helped. There are some podcasts and stuff I listen to every once in a while. Um, I find if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm more like to zone out than to like focus on work. Um, But there are a few podcasts. I'm trying to think. There's one guy. What's his name? Maybe I'll just have to link it in the show notes because I can't remember his name right now. Future Josie is here to interrupt past Josie to let you guys know his name is Pat Flynn. Um, He has so much YouTube content podcast content and more that you can look up for business resources and he specializes mostly in passive income but it's still really helpful just to general business type information i also am a huge 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 avid fan and i can't believe i drew a blank but i'm an avid fan of the anchored business podcast um also by a wedding photographer but very 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 business focused not as focused on weddings or photography. Thank you for listening to this interruption. Okay, back to it. He does tons of stuff on SEO marketing. Um, that's really good. But then, yeah, so I took, so I actually had a, I was a partner in a company that did personalized branding and marketing photography. And we both took a course um, before we started that business that was specifically made to teach you how to do branding photography for a company. But it was obviously very specialized in how to learn what a company needs to market and how to bring that to the forefront in their photos. So I think that taught me a lot. And that was from Jamie Swanson. I think that's her name. She has really colorful hair and she lives in like, I don't know, maybe Colorado or somewhere. 
Um, Every, everyone lives in Colorado. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so true. Um, but yeah, her course was incredible. And I think that's where it all started. And then working with that partner, Philippa Maitland, in our endeavor of branding photography, we were just always kind of you know, bouncing ideas off each other. And with a couple clients that we had, we would sit down and be like, okay, how can we bring what you're selling um, to the forefront? I just think through practice more than anything. Um, I can't really think there was, was never a specific course that I credit that skill with, okay. but yeah. Yeah. The, maybe the Jamie Swanson yeah, it's just called personalbrandphotography.com. And she has like tons of courses and free resources too. So you don't have to buy the course because I think her course right now is super kind of high end. When we got it, it was like her first release. So we paid like pennies and it we were like her test group for it. So I'm sure it's better now too. But okay, so I want to touch back on something you said earlier and just like reframe a new question. Um, you said to work smart and that's like one of my favorite every time I'm struggling in life, I'm just like work smarter, not harder. <laughs> so do you have any tips or routines or things you do now in your business that help, um, help you kind of save time and all that kind of stuff? How do well, you work one, smart? <laughs> I think one of them we just talked about was the whole, the whole CRM, um, having mm -hmm. a good CRM, a client management software is super essential. Uh, just being able to answer emails on the fly quickly in between your day. Once you get an inquiry, you don't want to be sitting there 15 minutes trying to write up an email because I promise you that bride may or may not open that email. And if they do, it's going to be really quick. They're going to skip a lot of the work. They want to see that you took the time to email them, um, but they don't want to be sitting like they don't want it to be like a long, long email. Right. So. Um, if you have an email, like a templated email that you can send quickly, um, then I think that would be ideal. So, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, other than that, working smart, I, I think depending on what you're doing for me, I would say I'm not a big fan of outsourcing just because I do video and it's my own personal touch. But I know some people, for some people, outsourcing is an option. Uh, it's not for me, though. I'm trying to think of what I do to work smart. When it comes to editing, I always try to, like if I'm doing video editing and I would think for photos too, I always try to attack the wedding shortly after I've already shot it. The reason why I do that is just because um, everything's fresh in my mind. Everything that happened at the wedding, the couple, the little details of their wedding, the little details about them um, still sticks with me. So I always try to, um, as soon as I've shot the wedding, I always try to edit it and put it together as soon as I can, just because everything's fresh in my mind and the emotion is still there. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that I do as far as working smart. But I would say the biggest thing is my client, uh, client management software helps me in so many other ways. It also helps me book weddings. Yeah. Like a lot of the weddings I booked this year were pretty much on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I haven't had to do any meetups. Like if you're doing a consultation and an in-person consultation, like every single time. Okay. So yeah, that's a pro tip I would give for working smart. If you have a good client management software, if you can build rapport with a customer or a customer, sorry, with a couple, um, just by email, just by phone call, it is possible. You don't always have to meet in person. I 
had no pretty much 2019 2020 i never met my couples in person even if you look at most high-end uh wedding videographers i don't know about photographers but i know a lot of videographers that i follow they stop offering consultations in person just because it takes up too much of their time because you have to think about if you're doing a consultation in person you have to you have to drive there then there's if you guys are having coffee you're paying for coffee that kind of thing i'm not fully against it but i would say if you want to work smart um if you can book your clients literally just off the phone um then i would say that that would be I think that would be working smart. And I think that's something I did this year that I did very well, mm-hmm. um, especially because we didn't really have a choice with COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, those are, those are the things that I would, I would say as far as working smart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think COVID really solidified that a Zoom consultation is just as quality and can result in, yeah, just as many bookings as in person. Oh, and one more thing. If you are... I don't know about photographers, but videographer, actually, I think this applies to photographers too. Try to minimize the amount of gear that you bring to a wedding because nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could, if you could achieve the same look with less, go with that. There's nothing where, if there's one thing I've learned, I've actually had a lot of gear that I've actually just gotten rid of mm. because I found that um, I used to have big lights, but I, I still have lights, but I've minimized the amount of gear that I bring to a wedding because for me it's all about the couple and I don't want to have gear that's intrusive or literally just annoying to guests that kind of thing because if guests just find you annoying at the wedding they're not going to want to book you mm-hmm. right it doesn't matter how the video came out how the photos came out if you were just rude and unapproachable that kind of thing they're not going to want to book you yeah so yeah, yeah. that's sometimes so sometimes less is more yeah um, yes if you're yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, my car is always full of gear, but I'm always, I just leave it in the car. Yeah. It's a different ball game. Sometimes at, at times when I'm at a wedding and I see the photographers and they have like one bag and they're just like, you know, like, Oh, I chose the wrong career. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. what's one thing I ask everyone this, cause I love this question. What's one thing that has leveled up your business? Like taking you from a zero to a hundred. I feel like this kind of all goes back to what I was talking about before. And that's me focusing on client relationships. Rebranding did help, but honestly, rebranding wouldn't have mattered unless I knew what my intentions were with rebranding. And my whole intention was building client relationships and focusing on giving the clients an experience that they will never forget. So it starts from the first email, from the first phone call. How do you approach them? What's your vibe? You know, mm-hmm. um, how do you talk to them? That kind of thing. And then, you know, it's from the time. And then once you book them, are you in contact with them, you know, for those nine months up until their wedding? Or do you just kind of go take their money and then ghost them and then just show up on the wedding day? You know, you have to build a relationship with them from the beginning you book, from the time you book them till the wedding day. A lasting a lasting relationship to the point where they want to brag about you afterwards. So, I guess to answer your question, what changed my business was rethinking. Um, I guess just rethinking entirely how I want to give my clients an experience. If there's one core, there's been like when I was trying to rethink 
branding and just trying to figure out how to get to the next level, I did try to look into education. So I spent a lot of time trying to learn. There's a lot of courses out there that will teach you the technical side of things. And those are great. But I think the life-changing courses for me have been the courses that focus more on um, branding and stuff like that. So I don't know if you're okay with me name dropping a course that I took. Yeah, totally. Go ahead. Yeah. One course that I think a lot of people would benefit from taking is uh, there's a guy, his name is Kyle Goldie. And he has a course called, I don't know what it's called now. I know it was called Elevate. I don't know what it's called now. I think it has a different name, but. um, Oh, okay. Actually, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. So I took, I took his course and his course was awesome because it pretty much talks about SEO. It talks about um, like he talked to you all through your, like how to build the website and where to put certain things on your website and why it should be there. Um, he just, his course kind of changed his, his course flipped everything for me. I'll say that. And, um, it was a combination of that. And then just a combination of doing a lot of research, like you said, kind of just like looking in the business, understanding how people think, how to attract them, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say those two things kind of contributed to what kind of flipped my brand. Um, I wish I had a better understanding of, uh, you know, how things would change. It's just 2020 was like the first month or two, I was pretty much doing really good. And then COVID happened. And then, so I'm hoping 2021, I would have a better perspective for you, how things impacted, like how the the changes I made impacted, but COVID kind of took a toll on me and everyone else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know so many industries have been hit hard, but it for sure feels like the wedding industry has been uniquely affected and uh, that it's just been hard for a lot of the business owners because it's not really talked about as much, I don't think. So it's tough for sure. I know um, I hired a business coach at the beginning of the year before COVID hit and I'm like, the only reason the first half of the year was good for me was because I made that decision. and. But yeah, and I talk about that too in Natalie Taylor's episode that has yet to come out, but once your episode's out, it'll be out. Um, she talks too about like strategizing and making sure that you have a business that's set up well for anything that could happen. Um, and I think it's easier to do than people realize. It's just like always got to be planning and thinking about where you're at right now in business and what that looks like and what your goals are. Best advice to have for anybody when the time comes where COVID's gone and everything's back to normal, you need to be pretty much, you need to be ready for all the opportunities that are going to be in front of you. So spend this time now just working on your brand, working on your strategy, educating yourself as much as possible. That would probably be my best advice to anybody who's, kind of in a situation right now where they don't know what to do with their business um do as much learning as you can because once things start to pick back up uh brides are going to start reaching out they're going to start looking for photographers looking for videographers looking for wedding vendors or you know business small business owners in general and you want to be ready for those opportunities you don't want to be the person that's still I mean, you could still be learning around that time, but I mean, if you're already there and you're ready to go, that's just a better position to be in. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, do you have any other pieces of advice for people starting out in specifically your field of videography work? Um, if you're starting out in videography, I would. Hmm. Yes, I do have tips and I'm trying to think of what would be of super value. I would say educate yourself as much as possible. Um, if you don't educate yourself, what you don't know could actually hurt you because if you don't educate yourself and okay, you need to educate, educate yourself in a diverse way. So the one thing I did in the beginning was I bought a lot of gear that I honestly ended up not using. And if you don't understand your options, that kind of thing. So from a technical standpoint, um, there's a lot of courses out there that I would recommend. Um, one I'd recommend is Philip White's uh, Wedding Masterclass. That's a good course because he just talks about wedding filmmaking from a very minimalist perspective. Almost like he, he shoots handheld, he shoots with a camera, a 50 millimeter lens, and he's also a portrait photographer. So he, he talks from the perspective of... Um, kind of being a photographer that shoots wedding videos and just um, his perspective is so different from anyone I've ever heard. Uh, that's a good course to take. Um, another course that I would continuously be on is full-time filmmaker. It's not a wedding videography course, but it's a wedding, it's a filmmaker course in general and they have a wedding videography section in it. It's a good course to be on. Um, I know, I know, I know you, uh, Josie, I know you can relate to this, but I feel like the first five years of my career was just me on YouTube searching yeah. way too many videos and not really knowing who's credible, who's not credible, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. These courses are not necessarily cheap, but they time is money. So if I could go yeah. back and if these courses were out when I started, I would definitely jump on them because they pretty much cut out all the fluff and they save you time. Um, so full-time filmmaker, the Philip White Masterclass, those are great technical courses. And then when it comes to your website, SEO, and just understanding the business side of things, I would definitely go with Kyle Goldie's Elevate course. Those three courses are courses that I think I've put a lot of time into. I've done other courses, even I've done photography courses, but these courses have been the best for me as a wedding videographer. And um, other than that, my other advice would be really focus on your clients. Um, try to focus on client experience, put time and money into that. Uh, get a good customer, customer. Uh, client relation management. There you go, client management software. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Get a good client management software, work on your brand, try to, um, you know, find your ideal client. You have to be, if you market to everyone, you market to nobody. So mm, yeah. you have to really slim it down and decide who you want to reach out to. Do you want to shoot ballroom weddings or do you want to shoot outdoor weddings? Do you want to shoot intimate elopements? There's a market for that. There's a market for everything. And if anyone, if someone comes on your page and they feel like your brand is for them, if they feel special when they come on your page and they feel like this is for me, um, they're going to book you and they're not going to be necessarily just looking at the price. So if you market to a niche amount of people, the wedding industry in general, like with videographers, photographers is, is definitely oversaturated, but the way you combat that is by just being authentic and being you. 
and just niching yourself to a group of people like and I know my brother was just talking to me and he's new to wedding filmmaking like uh putting himself out there now because uh, he used to work uh, work with me and now he's go branching out on his own and long story short uh he was telling me like he's like you know I want to shoot a bit of everything I'm like you can do that but that's not gonna like it's mm -hmm. not gonna help you in the long run if you cater yeah. to everything and everyone if a, if a real estate agent went on your website and they see that you shoot weddings, real estate, music videos, like everything under the sun, they're going to think you specialize in nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Imagine sure. if you went to Star Starbucks and they sold pizza, like it just wouldn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> it's so so yeah. If you just really look around you and look at major brands, look at Apple, uh, look at the major brands, mm -hmm. look at how they operate and how they put themselves out there. Uh, how they treat customers, that kind of thing. When you think about it, this is kind of off. It's not off topic, actually. It's on topic. Starbucks. Yeah. Starbucks actually changed the game when it comes to restaurants and the dining experience. If you guys notice, prior to Starbucks coming in, um, Tim Hortons was not the cozy cafe that you would sit in with the little fireplace and the comfy couches and, and stuff like that. No, that happened because of Starbucks. Starbucks changed the game where you come into their cafe and it felt homey. It felt luxurious. It felt yeah. like you wanted to actually stay there and drink your coffee right up until the, the whole thing um, where they personalize your cup and ask for your name. Yeah. So you notice a lot of restaurants kind of copied that, uh, that strategy. So if that, if, if you don't hear anything from what I've said today, uh, even from that, what I just said right there, like you have to make your whole client experience feel personalized. It needs to feel like they're being catered to, like they're being treated in a different way that they wouldn't be treated anywhere else. People may not remember that the work, people may not remember the work that you did for them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So always focus on that. Yeah, that and is I so think, true. I think that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> I think that's the, be the best way I could end it. <laughs> that's a good way. I like it. That's a, a strong ending to that question for sure. Um, there's only a few questions left, but like, what are, have your business, has your business, excuse me, ever come over any hardships? Have you had to kind of, you know, work through any problems in your business that you grew from? Yes. Yeah, so I think hardships yeah so I think one thing that I, I had to really think I'm trying to think of what story would actually matter I have so many stories like that but <laughs> I'm trying to think of what will speak to people that are listening hardships challenges yeah I think I think a lot of business owners have yeah. a set of many stories I think one that's sticking out to me is I think it's based on uh, something I mentioned earlier was kind of just like picking and choosing who you decide to work with. So I had a photographer, I'm not going to name them, but long story short, um, I'd worked with the photographer and we'd had an agreement on weddings that we were going to shoot together. And then I'd worked through them. So this is why you got to pick and choose who you work with. Cause some people literally will just use you. Um, and other people actually want to see you win. So 
I made four weddings. I did four weddings with this photographer and I chose to work with them just because I was trying to get my name out there, that kind of thing. Long story short, they were doing all the, the emails and then I would work through them. Um, they were really greedy and they wanted to essentially take me as a videographer and put it on their brand as them offering video. Mm. When I did this, I didn't know any better and I was still early in my career. So I didn't understand like what this could do to me. Long story short, um, he turned around and just said like, oh, your videos are terrible. I don't like these videos. The clients aren't going to like them. Uh, he sent them to the clients. The clients love them. The clients like them more than they like. They really like the, the videos that I gave to them. So there was that. And long story short, he didn't give the clients their photos. And then so Christmas came and this is just me being me. I, I made a mistake where I sent them the video and I didn't get paid yet. So this photographer decided that he just wasn't going to pay me. And so for three years, he hasn't paid me and he owes me a lot of money. And so you got to pick and choose who you work with. One, um, that guy was more verbally abusive than anything. Like he just, talked about me my work like he didn't respect me or like how i did my work right as artists we're very we can be very sensitive people our work is kind of a um an extension of who we are yeah so when you're when you're going to collaborate with people make sure that they they know you or they respect you for your for what you do and how you do it um if you don't have a you have to be able to to know who to work with and who who's actually going to be worth collaborating with. Cause there's been some people that I've worked with that have really helped me get from point A to point B. And then there's been some people who, who have um, kind of put a damper um, on things when it came to my mindset on collaborating. So I think that's one of the stories that stick out to me the most. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it's, it's kind of just to make you aware of what could happen. Um, but my best advice is to just really like when you're thinking about working with someone, um, you got to make sure that they like, if they, when it, it's got to be mutual as far as helping each other out, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Those conversations beforehand are really valuable to make sure that their vision and goals are actually going to line up with yours. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. That's so unfortunate. I'm sorry I had to go through that. Like, that is not fun. Not good. It was not fun. But you know what? Um, I wanted to share that just because I know it could happen to someone else. And it happened to me in a point in my life where it didn't affect me as much as it could have. But imagine if it happened right now, like during COVID, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, to be out, you know, like thousands of dollars. It's not not a good place to be in. So, um, yeah, you gotta be careful who you decide to work with. Cause some people literally are just out here for themselves mm -hmm. and it could really hurt you and your family. And it could just put a bad taste in your mouth. And I don't want that for anybody who's trying to get into the industry. So, yeah. Yeah. Too true. Too true. Okay. This has been so amazing. You've given so many great pieces of advice and thoughts and comments on just everything. Um, I really appreciate your time. If there's anything you want to finish it on, um, you can talk about your podcast, any tips, advice, or last minute thoughts. 
Yeah, if you guys have any questions for me or anything like that, you can find me at uh, at North Park Films on Instagram or Facebook or or my website, or you can even hit me up at northparkfilms.com. Um, if you're a bride, you're planning a wedding, um, you can check out the Simple Wedding Podcast dot or dot com. Sorry, <laughs> the Simple Wedding Podcast on uh, Spotify or Apple music or stitcher wherever you listen to podcasts it should be there and um if you're a wedding filmmaker if you're an aspiring wedding filmmaker right now i have not released a podcast um uh, but i am making a wedding filmmaking podcast um the name might simply just be the wedding filmmaking podcast just for seo reasons and just making making it easy to find but i'm still trying to figure that out but i will be making a wedding filmmaking podcast and I'm trying to make it different. Um, there are wedding filmmaking podcasts that are out there, uh, but I feel like I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I'm going to come from a different perspective and I'm going to put a little bit of Canadian pizzazz on it, you know, cause we need to get out there more. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much, I think that's pretty much as far as last remarks. And if you didn't get nothing from anything I said today, um, the best thing you can invest in is your clients. So I would spend as much time as you can trying to think about how you create a memorable experience for your clients. Um, your gear is important, but I've seen people shoot with with a $700 camera and, you know, they make $4,000 off a wedding. And I've seen someone who owns a $5,000 camera and they can't get a booking for a thousand. So, um, people will remember how you make them feel. And I think that's one thing that's, that's always played in my head. And I always think about that with every email, every conversation I have with clients. Um, I just want them to feel like they got quality with me, like they got an experience with me, uh, an experience that they feel like they need to talk about with their maid of honor who might be getting married soon or clients or sorry, clients, sorry, uh, friends and family that, uh, that would need to know who I am because they're going to get married soon. So yeah. Perfect. That's lovely. Um, thank you so much for your time. I know we've chatted for quite some time, so I appreciate it. And no your problem. wisdom. <laughs> thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode with Damien from North Park Films. I hope you enjoyed all his amazing and incredible advice. If you want more of this episode and more of his advice and wisdom and just more conversation between the two of us, you can um, subscribe and become a patron of my Patreon page um, where you will get extra questions, conversation, and all that jazz, plus some. Uh, with the guests that I have on. It's a great opportunity for you to learn more, grow some more, hear some more thoughts, and support my podcast in the meantime. Um, If you're not as interested in doing that, no problem. Uh, Give it a review, rate it on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to follow us on Instagram so I know you're listening and supporting. Instagram is What The the Business Podcast. Um, Yeah, that is all. Uh, If you're listening to this, when it comes out, happy holidays. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. If not, have a lovely day and we will see you at the next episode. Bye.